1: The Bills lose against a very hungry Philadelphia Eagles team on a wet and blustery day in Orchard Park, New York today, 31-13 to go 5-2. and two. Hey, Bills fans, welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and here to discuss the Bills losing to the Philadelphia Eagles today, as always, my co-host, Mike. Mike, how's it going, man?
2: Nate, it could be better, man. I was looking, that one got away from us.
1: Yeah, it absolutely did. And normally we're joined by um, our co-host, John, our other co-host, John, but John is going to miss this recap episode against Eagles by being at an out-of-town wedding. But I guess, I I wouldn't really say, I wouldn't really say he's going to miss it.
2: Looks like you've been missing a lot of work lately. I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Oh, that's terrific, Peter. (laughs) Or be missed.
1: <laughs> and in true in true John fashion, he texted us both after the game to say season's over. <laughs> Just that was it. Season's over. <laughs>
2: Look, it doesn't even warrant a response. Five and two, you're you're in a four way tie for second place in the AFC. When we started this season, right, we looked at the schedule and we we're hoping and praying to be five and two. Right? We're like New England, hope we play them competitive, but it's probably a loss, realistically, it, it, when, the set, when the schedule came out, right? And then the, the next game we circled as a really problematic game for the Bills was the Eagles. Now, up to this point, I don't think they played up to the potential because they are super talented team, right? One year off from a Super Bowl win. Carson Wentz, one of the hottest up and coming quarterbacks, right? It was like on, on track for an MVP season until he hurt his leg. Like the Eagles, I think, are for real. Um, I was not surprised that they were a, a, a tough team.
1: Yeah, I guess so. So, uh, real quick, before I get into my thoughts in the game, we're going to do give away our uh, our signed John Brown jersey at the end of this podcast um, after the recap and everything. But in my opinion, so this was this was a game where we had a chance to finally see who this team was in the Buffalo Bills. They were 5-1 and one going into it, and their only loss was against a Patriots team where they basically did everything they could to lose that game. Remember we talked about that, and they only lost by a blocked punt that was returned for a touchdown? And all of their other wins have been over teams that have had a combined record of 7-30, and 30. and none of them at all were dominant wins over, the, over those teams. The Bills did not dominantly beat any of those teams. So this was so th- this game going into it was my was really the first chance for any of us to see how um, the Bills were going to do an action against a legitimate opponent. Like you mentioned, the, barring the Patriots, this was the first test they've had. It was against an opponent that lost two road games in a row. They were facing their third straight road game and possibly their third straight loss. So they were very hungry going into this game. I mean, their season might be over if they're three and five going into. Uh, going into the next game. And to me, I think the Bills just weren't prepared. They, they were just, you're right, Mike. We would have, uh, saying that we would have been happy going 5-2 and two is an understatement. You're, you're 100% right. I would have loved to be in the position that I'm in looking back at it. And I guess I'm just curious to see how this team bounces back after the loss today against the Eagles. After losing thirty-one thirteen, where they basically got dominated on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively, and I would also throw in special teams in there too. Penalties killed them. It was, it was just a dominated game, and I were- agree.
2: But at certain points early in the game, right, like it, and and not just early, even midway through and into the third, there were a couple of things that could have. It, it felt like this game got away and just kept getting worse and worse. Right, but the Bills were up seven to three with two minutes to go in the half. Um, was that the half or the end of the first quarter? End of the when, half. You're right. End, end of the, end. the half. Yep. Right. When just so much happened in the second half with the score, mm-hmm. but se- up seven three when Allen fumbles the ball away and the Eagles go in and score. And like if the, if that play doesn't happen or has a different result, like it, it feels like it could completely shifted how the rest of the game played out.
1: Yeah, yeah. That play, that play was. The turning point of the game uh, instead of leading 7 3 going into the half, they're now and down. Maybe 10- you
2: score on that drive, you have
1: plenty of time. Oh, yeah, maybe they score on that drive. And then, you know, the next the, into the next half, then down 10 7, the Bills let um, Miles Sanders. I keep on wanting to call him Austin Sanders, but I think I'm just getting confused with Miles Austin for some reason. Austin Sanders. Wait, is it Austin? Now I'm confusing my. It's Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders takes the ball 65 yards for a touchdown in one play. Just torches the Bills' offense or the Bills' defense, and it was just. It was the game was over by then,
2: and the Bills' answer though was Singletary, right? And then it was 17-13. Bills missed the extra point, so it's like they were still in it. And and even going into the fourth, you're like. Allen leads the league in fourth quarter comebacks this season, and since coming into the league, Bills are in the fourth quarter. They have the second best point differential of qu- after the Patriots, of course, of right course. in the league. And you're like, this, like maybe they can do it, but it it did kind of feel different this game. Mm-hmm. Like they could not get it going. I don't like. We'll get into it. Is that um, Dable's fall? The offensive coordinator play calling? Is that Allen with the fumbles and the the incompletions? Like what what? What is it? But it did not feel like other games where it was, uh, you felt they were going to win, right? And they
1: just were not hitting. They were going to play as they needed. They were not. And, and going into this fourth quarter, I did not have any. The problem is this team isn't built for large differentials to make up for offensively. So if they're down 31-13 or they're down by more than a couple of scores, this team just isn't built offensively to, to make up that difference. And they're going to see... They just... Especially in a game where the the weather was such a factor. I mean, the ball was wet. You can see, you know, with, with the fumbles, with Josh Allen fumbling the ball three times and only losing one, luckily. Um, and then it was just a windy day. Also, not, not great at all for passing. I think we would all agree on that. And yet, the Bills were down so much that they had to pass the rest of the game in the fourth quarter. And I think... That one of the things that bothers me is the Bills going into this game were like eighth in the league in yards per carry, and they just don't run the ball enough. <laughs> I'm not saying— Singletary is electric. Why do they not get him the ball? I don't understand why they don't put the ball into their playmaker's hands. Like, uh, like Singletary, like Gore, either Singletary on screen passes or Singletary— No, uh,
2: Singletary more than Gore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, Gore. Hey, Frank the Tank, man. He's, he's always dependable. But yes, more— sing- I don't understand why that whole thing— Is why they're limiting Singletary's touches. Um, Again, for ever since Singletary's been in each game, his touches have been limited for whatever reason. I don't get it. But But
2: every time he touches the ball, he has a chance to go the distance, right? This game, he had three carries for 19 yards. Decent. Oh, yeah. Yours per touch, right? Nothing.
1: Yeah, that's that's over. Four
2: receptions, 30 yards, that touchdown, we just blew by people.
1: Oh, yeah. Stutter stepped a few guys. They missed. It was. Yeah. The guy is absolutely electric. For the, for him to be that good and only get three carries in the game, it's criminal.
2: And there's nothing against Gore, right? F- hats off to him. Fifth player ever to reach 19,000 yards from scrimmage today. But finished. How can you celebrate that when you have 34 on the day and you lose, right? It just takes – and it's not his fault. It just doesn't feel like they're being used effectively. They're not being put in a, a position to win.
1: So now we're calling into question – the use of the Bills players in these games and a lot of the games this season offensively. And I'm going to argue that the Bills should be running the ball a lot more than they have been, especially in games where they are close. Mike, you just mentioned them being down seven to three and then being down 10 to seven, then 17 to seven, but then, you know, being down 17 to four. Well, it was, it should have been 17 to 14 if it wasn't a blocked point after for whatever reason, another ding on the special teams today. But 17 13, the Bills are still really, they're still very much in this game. You cannot abandon the run. <laughs> I mean, not that they were hitting it that hard to begin with, but you just can't give it up. And how many years have gone by where we're like, okay, you guys need to start passing the ball? You cannot run the ball being down by two scores in the fourth quarter. We're begging them to pass the ball. And now it's like, <laughs> That's great that you guys can pass the ball or try to attempt to, you know. But until we get things, until our pass protection gets a little bit better, until we get a a
2: lot of it, like you talked about, is the is the weather. Like the gusts were incredible. It's slick. It's raining. Like that. It's not in a dome. We're not talking about in a vacuum. You have to take the weather into account when you're talking late October football. Like, yeah, this was
1: a game made for the running game. Absolutely, it was made for the running game. Do you see that? throw by Josh Allen where it was the first throw over like 40 yards where he didn't overthrow his receiver. It was a little bit short and then Robert Foster didn't even attempt to come back and try to catch it. It's like, did he lose it in the wind? Like what, what was it that windy? Am I willing to give him that much, that much credit or was it just a matter of he just didn't even come back for the ball? I don't know, but it was, the weather definitely played a factor, Mike. 100% agree with you and the Bills didn't take advantage of it. In their own stadium against a team that had just lost two in a row, both on the road and it was a third straight home or road game.
2: And that's a harp on the run, right? But when they do, it's it's between the tackles. It it feels like every time like try a sweep, try some screens. Like the Bills got destroyed on the screens today.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, they they look so unprepared. They were look like every time that the Eagles ran a screen, there were three offensive linemen ready to block and one Bills player within the vicinity of the running back. Whereas when the Bills try to execute a screen pass, you have like. Three, image of that. Image. Three Eagles players bearing down on one offensive lineman <laughs> and poor Devin Singletary trying to like make something out of nothing. So, like, I mean, just for example, the Eagles had over 200 yards rushing today against the Bills, which was the most by. The Philadelphia Eagles since like twenty sixteen. It's it was just they they just had to run the ball to beat the Bills, literally. They just and then, you know, you also had Carson Wentz using his legs and doing a very effective job at it during the game. And the the defense does not go without blame for today's loss by any means. And that was disappointing to see they were just gashing him up the middle, screen passes like you said, Mike, and the Bills just didn't have an answer for it. And I think that they really miss. last week we were talking about the Bills win and the Bills really missing Matt Milano. And this week we were saying, man, the Bills really miss Harrison Phillips today. And just we—I know Star Stark has has been given a lot of criticism as of late, I've read. And I don't watch films, so I'm just kind of basing my opinion on what other people say. But today, you know, after hearing that, after kind of watching it, it seemed like a, they were just gashing them up the middle. The, the Bills just couldn't block the gaps, and offensive line. The, the Philadelphia Eagles have a very good interior offensive line, and they just ran right over those guys. And the Bills, you know, it was funny. Um, I don't know if we'll get a chance to talk to talk about it today, but the Bills trade or the the NFL trade deadline is this Tuesday, and one of the under radar under the radar positions that the Bills might go after is defensive tackle. To help with the absence of Harrison Phillips. So and it, it was he was sorely missed today. He was probably missed last week, if we're gonna be honest, with the Dolphins having the best offensive game of their entire season against the Bills last week. Um does this here's a question for you, Mike. Does this trouble you at all seeing two games in a row where the Bills defense just doesn't seem to be that elite defense that we thought it was the first five games? Because they gave up a lot of yardage and points to both a Miami Dolphins team that was 0 and 5 at the time and now a, a Philadelphia Eagles team, which we know is a good team. Even though they were three and four, we know they're it's a good team. I mean, do you question at all the Bills defense and their ability to keep the keep the Bills think, going forward? I think
2: today really opened my eye like any time a team hangs two hundred and eighteen rushing yards on you, right? With the conditions we talked about where you know they're gonna they're gonna be running. Um I defended the Bills' defense, but with New England being the only one out of the first six opponents, right, to start today with a winning record, but we would defend them like, you know, oh yeah, no, they're elite, no, they're good, but geez, and and they did well against New England, but I think Philly is really the first test, and. They did not do well. (laughs) No, not
0: great, Bob.
1: It it does make you worry if the Bills have to play a team in the playoffs. If they do make the playoffs, a team like the Houston Texans or the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, teams in the AFC that have a really good offense and that can hang thirty points on you easily. I mean, the Eagles probably could have done a lot more if they didn't have to run the ball the entire game. You know, even just passing wise, um, the Bills were getting abused passing. Levi Wallace had another rough game uh, in the secondary. And yeah, it was, it was a rough game for the safeties covering the tight ends. The, the, we know that the Eagles have two really good tight ends and, uh, it showed today. So I, I'm, I'm not in panic mode. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just in, let's see if they're really elite mode, because if they are really elite mode, they'll bounce back from this against the Washington Redskins team next week.
2: Well, I think you're right. Like, right. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's adversarial growth. Like you're not, you're going to learn a lot more from the mistakes, the losses, <clears throat> and hopefully this propels them to. We knew where their high water mark was before, and with these mistakes and the learning, hopefully they can reach new heights. But certainly a, a setback today.
1: Absolutely, I, it was, <laughs> it was rough. It was and the special teams. We haven't even really gotten into the special teams. They had a rough game. I mentioned the block point after uh, point after touchdown on their second score. They missed a field goal, which you can't really blame Hauschka for because it was such a windy day and it was a wet day. And so I'm willing to give them a pass on that. But the Bills' special teams as far as punting and, and you know covering returners, and it was just a rough game by the special teams. It, it, in a unit that hasn't really improved a whole lot, over last season, I would say, continuing like what we were mentioning before, the blocked punt return for a touchdown, like that cost them the game. I haven't seen enough positive from the special teams unit to say that it's much better. And Corey Bohorquez, as much as it was great that he had like a 60-yard punt beginning of the game, you know, to down the ball at the Eagles' 10-yard line or whatever it was, that doesn't make up for the rest of the game for punting at 20 yards like he did near the end of the game. Um, it's, <laughs> you can't, it's, it's, it's a rough unit, and I'm not sure it's getting better with Heath Farwell as their special teams coordinator over Danny Crossman, who basically destroyed that unit. And I don't know; it was it's disappointing. It's disappointing to say the least. That's all I'll say about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it never seems like a, a we're talking about them for positive
1: play. No, even going into last season, I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that punt return for a touchdown or blocking. And there always seems to be a penalty, you know, on special teams, holding or blocking in the back or something stupid like that. It always draws the Bills back. But, all right, all right, let's go into our stats of the game. So let's go. I wanted to do some team stats because I believe it was so lopsided today in the differential between the Eagles and the Bills today. So total yardage for today's game. Philadelphia had 371 yards of offense compared to Buffalo's 253 yards. Um Passing-wise, passing yardage-wise, it was about the same for the Buffalo. Bills and the Eagles, 153, 155. Rushing yardage, now that's where the huge difference was for the Eagles and the Bills. The Eagles had 218 rushing yards. Buffalo had only 98. The Bills had a fumble loss. The Eagles had one fumble loss, so turnover ratio wasn't that big of a deal. Bills had four sacks. The Eagles had three sacks. But third-down efficiency the Bills were only 40%, whereas the Eagles were 53%. It just seemed like so often the Bills would pin the Eagles down and they'd just somehow find a way to get a first down on third down in critical times of the game. And in time of possession, the Eagles had the... Okay, let's do a quick quiz of the game for you, Mike. Normally we have you and John doing this. But uh, how many more minutes of possession would you say the Eagles had over the Bills today? Just ballpark it. Twelve. Twelve. That's damn close. It's like 11. It's like 11.54. <laughs> nice. Wow. nice. Did you see that? Were you looking at that stats? I didn't.
2: I wrote down on my piece of scratch paper, Nate, I wrote down 60 to indicate there's 60 minutes in a football game. I divided that by 2 to get 30 each. Then I wrote down 40.20. I thought, no, nah, that's probably too skewed. Yeah. And what did I say? <laughs> oh, yeah. Then I was thinking 15, like, nah. Probably still a little too much. That's how I arrived at twelve. You
1: need to do one of those like contests at a at a baseball stadium or something like guess how many baseballs are in the car and the thing oh, marbles yeah. in the jar. You know, how many candy corn well, it was this time of year with Halloween candy corn in the uh, in the bucket or whatever. Candy corn. Worst
2: those prize those prizes is always like, Oh, you win this for life. Like what does that mean? Pizza for life, you
1: mean or something like that?
2: Yeah. But but really like when you look at the rules, it's like, oh, you get one pizza every six months for twenty years ah. or you get a check
1: mm-hmm.
2: for a hundred dollars today. You're
1: like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you take? Hundred dollars or pizza for the rest of your life? Or twice a year? <laughs> I probably, take the pizza. It, oh really? I would have thought you'd take the cash. All right, pizza. All right. I mean you'd have to. But I mean if it was pizza every but day. But then if- like
2: the, the the place you win it from, this is like their last last ditch effort, right? To mm-hmm. generate sales. So you take the lifelong pizza and then they go out of business. <laughs> Like that's something that would you don't to
1: have us. to. Yeah, it's always a last ditch effort. It's never from a from a pizza place that's doing very well. It's always a struggling, struggling. <laughs> like uh,
2: Amazon isn't giving you free orders for life, right?
1: No, because they're doing well. <laughs> um, what the hell were we talking about? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, some Bills game, some game that happened time of, today. Time of possession. Time of possession.
2: Dude, it felt even more than that. What was maddening is is that long. Eagles drive right where Wentz late in the game they just ran all over Buffalo got first down after first down with methodical efficiency and then when you thought you had them okay it's a it's a decently long third down that's when Wentz would run right up the middle
1: yep yep that's what I was mentioning earlier just the you think you have them dead rights like yeah third and 12 like there's no way they're gonna get this right and they just they just pull one Pull one out of their backside and just happen to. I think
2: they. I think they used it. I, I mean, it. It felt like the Bills' coaching staff got out coached on both sides of the ball. Like that's kind of how you'd like to see Allen be used,
1: mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah.
2: The way Wentz was.
1: Yeah, passing most of the day, and every every once in a while, when you need it, when you need it, Allen runs through for twelve yards and gets a first down and doesn't get hit at all. So, um, do you the Bills keep bringing up? keep trying those Allen run design plays where QB run plays where you know he's running out of the backfield and we talked about this last week we probably talked about it a few times I'm sick of those plays being run because the running backs aren't doing a terrible job running the ball so stop taking it out of their hands and putting it in Allen's hand where a he could take a shot at any any moment and lose him for the season or b fumble the ball like he did today and it's just
2: three times. <laughs> and we say he only lost one, but those are hugely negative plays.
1: Yeah, and another thing with with the Bills deciding to pass a ball is the offensive line isn't good enough to protect Allen as much as he needs to be protected. If if Allen is not the athletic quarterback that he is and is able to evade pressure, pressure by, you know, rushers that aren't blocked, by the way. That happens way too often. Where it's like a four-man rush and a yeah. guy just blows right through the offensive line. It's like Deion Dawkins. That happened against Deion Dawkins earlier in the game. And I'm just like, who is who's blocking Derek Barnett? Like, why is Deion Dawkins cover you know, blocking the same guy the guard is blocking? Like, what's going on here? This is a four three line. This isn't like some some crazy blitz play where they have eight people standing and you have no idea which one's gonna come or which one's gonna drop back in coverage. Like that guy is always there. He's always rushing the passer and <laughs> he's been there the past <laughs> quarter and a half. So block him. And if well, that's coaching. That's coaching. If Allen isn't as athletic as he have as he is, all of a sudden you're talking about those three sacks being like ten sacks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm not saying Allen isn't to blame for today's loss at all, but he makes that offensive line look a lot better than it is. And I'm not saying it's a bad offensive line, but and it's improved over last year, but it's not. It's. I wouldn't even call it average in pass protection. So knowing what you know, knowing that they struggle in pass protection, knowing that you don't want to subject your quarterback to any more hits, more than usual, you have to run the ball more. I'd really like to see the statistics on the run to pass uh, play percentage. I'll have to do that uh, before next podcast. But it's it's whatever it is. It's not nearly enough on the on the running side of the game.
2: So penalty- well, the things that we talk about, right? Like they're not mutually exclusive. It's not like oh, Allen runs too much with the ball and the running backs don't get enough touches. It's like the the, the perfect solution presents itself, right? Yeah. Start limiting the, the d- direct runs with Allen and get Singletary some more touches.
1: Yeah. Hey, I'm all for Allen doing those plays, by the way, like once a game. Like once a game when it's a critical mm-hmm. third down and he needs a few yards or whatever, it's something they won't ex- expect. But it's way too often and yeah.
2: And each time, I do think you take your season, you're risking a lot. The way we've seen quarterbacks just drop, in particular this year, right? Franchise players, mm-hmm. um, guys retiring, guys getting out for the season, yep. right? Like it, you're one hit away with Allen. We, I guess, the jury's still out whether he is your franchise quarterback. He's best we've had in a long, long time. Pinning all the hopes on him. Yeah. So. You can't keep rolling the dice constantly. No.
1: The Eagles lost. Lost
2: cost-benefit, right, is just not there.
1: No, no. A first down is not worth the the possibility of losing your franchise quarterback for the rest of the season. I mean, the Eagles dealt with that just a few years ago when Carson Wentz went down in a very important game against. That was even a very important game and a very important play because it was against the Los Angeles Rams that season. I believe it was right before the end of the season, Week 15, and they needed that game you know, either for home field advantage or playoffs or whatever. And they lost him because he ran in for a touchdown and he got hit right in the kneecap. And he tore his ACL. So (laughs) it's, there's something to be said. And, you know, the Eagles learned that lesson and most teams have, most teams have. And I could see, I could see the, I could see it being enticing for Brian Dable to be like, man, this kid's athletic, man, he can run the ball, man, he's big. And he can get some, really get some yardage. But I don't know man, you gotta you gotta kinda put that aside. You have to look at the the big picture, Mike, like you're saying. Like I don't want Matt Barkley starting the rest of the year. Not like I hate Matt Barkley, but I I I really want Josh Allen playing the rest of the season. Plus if Matt Barkley plays, you don't really know what you have with Allen until what, year three? So he just finished his first seventeen games. Let's let's wait to you know, let's have another season under his belt. Let's see what we have going into year three. So now on the Bills' side of the ball, stats of the game, Josh Allen, 16 for 34, 169 yards passing, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, three fumbles, one fumble for a loss. Rushing on the day that Josh Allen was actually led the team in rushing, eight carries for 45 yards. Frank Gore, nine carries for 34 yards, only 3.8 yards per carry. But Devin Singletary, three carries, Nineteen yards, six point three yards per carry. Bills' leading receiver once again, John Brown, five receptions for fifty-four yards on eight targets. Cole Beasley, three receptions for forty-one yards. One that one touchdown pass, which was a great touchdown pass, by the way. He had uh, Josh Allen, who he thought was going to mm-hmm. run the ball because he just looked like he, you know, he'd been running all day and. You know he saw a little bit of he saw a little bit of daylight, but no. He, instead, he right before he passed the line of scrimmage, he passed the ball to wide open Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley scampers in for the touchdown. No one's even there to uh, tackle him. I thought that was a great play by Cole Beasley. One of the great reasons why you have him. Tyler Croft showing up on the stat sheet today: two receptions for 32 yards on four targets, and then Devin Singletary, four receptions for 30 yards, one touchdown on six targets. So I love that they're using Devin Singletary in the passing game, and Frank Gore doesn't get any targets in the passing game, which I'm perfectly fine with. I just need Devin Singletary. It doesn't even have to be carries. He doesn't have to have more carries than Frank Gore. I just think he needs more touches in general. Let's say if, if Frank mm-hmm. Gore carries a ball nine times like he did today, Devin Singletary needs to be touching the ball 12 times. So and Josh Allen needs to be going from like eight carries to like one, <laughs> two. So yeah, agree. that's how you make up for it. Less carries for Josh Allen, the same or less for Frank Gore and more for Devin Singletary. Let's even this out on the Eagles' side of the ball. Carson Wentz had a very pedestrian day for the most part, passing the ball 17 for 24, 172 yards, one touchdown. He didn't need to be amazing because on the, on the running side of the ball, Jordan Howard had 23 carries for 96 yards and one touchdown, 4.2 yards per carry. Miles Sanders, Oh, it is Miles Sanders. I kept on saying awesome. Miles Sanders, three carries for seventy-four yards, one touchdown. That amazing sixty-five-yard run to open up the third quarter. Carson Wentz, third on the on the board, eight carries for thirty-five yards, receiving the ball. We have Alshon Jeffrey, the leading receiver for the Eagles, four receptions for sixty-four yards on six targets. Miles Sanders, three receptions for forty-four yards on three targets, and uh, Dallas Goddard and. Uh, Had three receptions for 22 yards on five targets. He had the touchdown in the game before halftime, and Zach Ertz had two receptions for 20 yards on four targets. So the tight ends didn't have an amazing game. I mean, nobody really did receiving the ball for the Eagles, but they definitely showed up when it counted. And yeah, yeah, rough, rough game. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. After that, we'll go into our plays of the game and our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers. And we're going to get some feedback from our Twitter followers, so stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Circling the Wagons podcast, our recap show edition. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us to hear about the Bills, the Bills losing this game 3-1-13 against the Eagles, joined by my co-host, Mike. And, you know, it's funny. We're going to get into our giveaway for the John Brown autographed jersey but you know what's funny is one of the best ways to to get people to see how they feel about you is to bribe them i'm 100 convinced that the only way to tell and at least not even tell them how you feel about you just at least lie to you and say that you're great is is always a good feeling because if you think about it when's the last time that you you really get you know complimented or whatever for anything you do i was mean, like I want to say like seven years old you stop getting compliments and like, Oh, that was great. How you drew that picture, Billy. You know? And then it's just like, yeah, Billy, that doesn't really look like a cat. You really need to do better. Then that really starts. So, I mean, I mean, Mike in your job, I mean, how how often do you get complimented by your boss? Right. I think 2014 maybe (laughs) was the last time you got a compliment or one from your boss. I
2: think so. (laughs) I, I was pretty, I thought that was pretty good.
1: Yeah. You got one in 2014, man. Yeah. That's impressive. You said you were seven, I'm like wow, dude. I haven't gotten one in the uh, what are the twenty tens, the aughts? I haven't gotten one. I haven't gotten a, a damn compliment in the aughts. I'm hoping the twenties is where I'll really start to start to shine. So you know, what you could do maybe
2: outside your cube, you could hang up one of those little um, oh lunch bags. You know, did you ever have to do that, like in school? You like all have a little lunch bag, and you put your name on, it and you have to go compliment somebody, everybody else.
1: Oh, everyone you have else. To a
2: little scrap of paper.
1: No, no, I know I don't remember doing that. That's super like, fake. Super, <laughs> super fake. <laughs> I remember. You know what? I do remember that. Now that you mentioned, it, I don't remember a specific brown paper bag like next to people, but I do remember us having us being forced to compliment each other on something. By it's kind
2: of it kind of makes me think too of like remember in high school to graduate you had to volunteer, like it takes away the entire the entire point of volunteering. <laughs> like by definition is like you yourself go out and do it,
1: yeah. not like you're made to do it. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that charity that we volunteered for without giving away the names for our uh, government project? Obviously, you remember how can remember we, how who can it we was? disguise the how name? can we disguise the name without um completely. Burying their, let's just say it has to do with what I mean. Do we even want to oh. say the age range of the people that we were helping? Maybe not. Okay, was a... it? we let's think about it. Yeah. What's
2: a s- synonym for granting <laughs> desires?
1: <laughs> granting desires. Um, um. I didn't like granting. I giving. That's too close. Giving. <laughs> wants. <laughs> okay, so there's this giving wants. <laughs> Charity, and do you even want to get into this? I'm afraid that I feel like I have to now. Let's just say I'm not sure what direction you're. Let's go just say with. that
2: us in a positive light, then proceed.
1: That well, we were forced to volunteer, and but we thought this was a really good charity, so we we're like, let's do this one. We sold oh, some, yeah. some stuff for them. We went to some festivals and sold some stuff, and hung out at the tent and did all that stuff. And then like we still had a few more hours left, right? Like you have to do like 40, right? So knowing us of course we didn't we definitely didn't span the 40 hours out over the entire sem- why would you why would you go through that th- it's like no let's cram it into the two days right before the end of the quarter the semester <laughs> we're asking this charity can you give us 12 hour shifts <laughs> they're like well the festival is like you know 8 to 12 so <laughs> we'll stay we'll we'll come early <laughs> we'll we'll set up we'll clean up <laughs> Anyway, so we had hours after the festivals and after yeah. some public charity events and we had to write some cards from people in this charity and instead of being like, "Oh, well we'd really like you to donate to this." And they were they were to like either big companies or charities, people that would donate to this charity. And instead of, you know, saying, "Hey, you know, this is Nate and Mike, you know, we work for this so and so granting or <laughs> fulfilling wants charity." Um, we were to write them as these specific people that really needed these needs, really needed these, these things given to them. So instead of it being like, Mike, this, you know, 17 year old guy, it was, you know, Billy, this, uh, not 17 year old person, much different age. And, you know, it's, it's less healthy, less healthy. Oh man, this probably makes no sense to anyone listening, and I don't want to give it away because we're gonna wanna, cut all this. I, this yeah. is this is this is terrible. But let's just say not all charities are are as 100% altruistic as you would hope they would be. So anyway, did you know that the goodwill? I I will shit on goodwill. Do you know that goodwill <laughs> isn't even a charity? Like they don't do they don't give any money to anyone. It's literally they just take your stuff and they resell resell it. <laughs> Because absolutely. Wait, even when you check
2: out, they're like, would you like, to, would you like to up your donation to help us?
1: Yeah, but they don't say what the donation is. It's just like, you know, you could say anything's a donation. Your
2: total is seven hundred one. Would you like to round up to $20 today? <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you do that 100% of the time? Do you ever do I that? I do
2: it 100% no <laughs> of the time. Like, not today. Not
1: today. Favorite. Not today. <laughs> well, we'll think, what sucks about that no, is- No,
2: thanks. I mean, you got to be polite about it because they don't have a choice. Right? Yeah, they don't oh, have a choice. Yeah. No, thanks. Not today. Even
1: though you know they're judging you when you say no. They're just like- But every place you go
2: will do it, right? Like when you go shopping, it's like, oh, would you like to up your donation Yeah, to
1: for, round up or- Would what? you
2: add, like to add an extra $5 to do this? Like yeah. you, you can't You can't walk outside the house today. You <laughs> can't.
1: I want to say I'm I'm not 0% like you. I'm not heartless, but I'm more like 50/50.
2: <laughs> but you but but why have the middleman, right? Like if you yeah. want to donate to the food bank, you can cut a check, yeah, for the total amount. Why have the middleman involved like trying to guilt you into it? Like, "Oh, Nate, do you want to increase an extra $5 today?" And you don't know what cut cl- that that person that's collecting
1: it. Oh yeah, if like they're maybe actually-
2: they get 90% and then 10% goes
1: Oh, I thought that. Do you think they actually might take some of that money? Are you serious? I don't know. Oh, how would we know? There's there's no one to check that. There's no one <laughs> auditing that to make sure. How would they know? Well, maybe there is. I don't know. Somebody if somebody knows that, please email us because I'm really curious now. Well, plus don't they get the charity benefit by then like using that towards their taxes, the company taxes at the end of the year? Like they're like, yeah, we donated like ten million dollars, but really it was like ten million of us rounding up to a (laughs) dollar, or to twenty dollars, or whatever for the entire man.
2: Good rule of thumb: everybody is lying to you all the time. time.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, all the time. You'll go far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is no good in this world. There's just (laughs) whoa, whoa. I wouldn't say that. Oh, oh no. I know. I was just joking. I totally. (laughs) I didn't mean that. (laughs) No, there's a lot of good in this world, but people that will lie to you. To try to get you to 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 take advantage, we're not the, we're not like that. Our podcast is not not like that. But the plays of the game are brought to you by our T Public Store, <laughs> so check out our T Public Store. We have a lot of different bills designs. We don't ask you to round up. We don't. We do donate to charity though, but we we're not like oh you know here if you give us an extra buck we'll donate to charity. Like no, we just do it on our own. Last time we donated charity was to Poncho Bila's Foundation. And uh, we will continue to do so. So, it's um, just a quick plug. So we have a ton of different bills designs on this T Public store. You can get T shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, uh, wall art, whatever the hell you want. And uh, actually, listener and uh, friend of the podcast, Chris at Buns Seventy Two, just um, tweeted us over the weekend and was saying, "Hey, you know, we just got some three of the the of your different designs. Me for my wife, uh, myself, and uh, I believe his brother or sister in law." And they were saying, "Oh, that's really cool." And we have this, we have this shirt called. Uh, it's just tailgates and wings and Bill, Bill's Mafia and shout song. It says, "And let's go Buffalo" at the end. But then we have a very adult version, which is the version that his wife bought, which is awesome. Um, and, and this one says tailgates, and binge drinking, and table slamming, and parking lot coitus, and Bill's Mafia. Let's go Buffalo. So I love that for for a number of different reasons, just because it's it's what really happens at a Bill's tailgate, but also that his wife bought it. Like, that's so cool. If any of you guys find a woman like that, that's willing to buy a shirt like that and wear it in public and be proud of it. And that was her choice out of the 20 or 30 different designs we have. Like that's a keeper. Like for all you single guys out there, like that's, that's where you determine if you want to, if, if she's, if she's marriage material or not. So, So check out that store. Check out all of our designs. We have a ton more. We have Circling the Wagons, our podcast logo, and then just Circle the Wagons. We have two or three different versions of that. Check those out. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. And the ctwpod is just like our Twitter handle at Circling the Wagons Pod. Please follow us there as well where we read all of our tweets for – Wall of Shamers and Wall of Famers. But before we get into that, let's get into our plays of the game. So there wasn't... I feel like there's only one play of the game that really matters or that was really... I mean, you might be able to argue a couple of different ones, but there weren't a lot of great plays today. Um, Mike, do you want me to start off or do you want to start off? Okay. So there were a couple of really great defensive plays I just want to mention. Just like Matt Milano was all over the field today, and I loved having him back. And he just he had a really great tackle in the backfield to force fourth, fourth down in the second quarter. And what sucks is you miss all of these really great plays with a loss like this. You kind of forget all of these great plays. So I just had to mention that one because that was, there, there were a couple of great sacks, a couple of great tackles for loss, but the play I have to, I have to give is play is my sweet sassy molassy play of the game. Not just any play of the game, the sweet sassy molassy play of the game.
2: Sweet sassy Molassi, get out the checkbook and pay grandma for the rubdown.
1: Is the Bills is the Cole Beasley touchdown pass from Josh Allen. I mentioned that earlier. It was a great play, not only because Josh Allen could have run, but he didn't. Is he is he threw off the linebacker completely, threw over his head, threw to Cole Beasley, hit him right in stride, and found found a guy wide open. He kept his eyes downfield, as I think he always does, but you know, under pressure, just found a way to get the ball to Cole Beasley and you know. The game was 17-13 at that point. It, we were still very much in the game. And, you know, leading the, the Bills down the field to score, it was...
2: I think, wasn't Beasley 7-3, and then Singletary was 17-13?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me on that one. That was, Yes, it was in the first quarter. Sorry. I was getting those two yeah. confused.
2: That'll dovetail into my, my play of the game with Singletary's touchdown. The last lead they had, I thought it, it really brought the momentum back to Buffalo. It didn't last, but... It also highlighted what an electric uh, player Singletary can be, and we hope he gets more touches going forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely, good play. That was that was a really great. That was one of the few, one of the few well executed executed screen passes for the Buffalo Bills today. So not many, not really many great plays to choose from. I mean, there was some honorable mention maybe for the Jordan Phillips sack again. Jordan Phillips, man, playing out of his mind this season, continuing off his three-sack game against the Titans, and just, I mean, the guys, they, we might see, we might legitimately see an in-season re-signing for Jordan Phillips within, you know, before the end of the season with the way that he's been playing. Maybe they wait till towards the end to see if he gets injured or whatever, but, I mean, the guys earned it, to, in in my opinion. So let's go into our wall of famers and wall of shamers for, for today's game. So let's go into our wall of fame First for today's game, Wall. And the world's gonna know your name. Mike, do you want to start off with this one? For who do you want to do your wall of fame? I got. I got to go with Matt
2: Milano. Thirteen total tackles, ten solo, three tackles for a loss. Like, it's a, a rough game today, and it just. Looking at his stat line, kind of put him over the top for me. There's Nothing like that broke the game wide open, right? Not an interception return for a touchdown, not a sack fumble where he recovered, but just really brought it to you. He was He was missed when he wasn't there and I'm glad to have him back.
1: Yeah, he is just so important to not only this defense, he is... I would say, and I love Tremaine Edmonds. He's still young, though. He's still figuring out the game. Matt Milano, to me, is the best linebacker we've had since, I don't know, Tequil Spikes for a couple of seasons when Tequil Spikes was good or maybe London Fletcher. It has been so long since the Bills have had a game-changing linebacker like Matt Milano. And Matt Milano's been producing like this since his first season, which now that I think about it, I, I can almost remember the fact that the Bills wouldn't start Matt Milano over whoever else they had that was a more veteran linebacker at the time. And I remember thinking halfway through the season, why isn't Matt Milano starting over this said linebacker? Like he's always making plays. He's always running. So the Bills coaching staff does have a history of doing this. Not that they shouldn't, because Matt Milano was like a six-round pick as a rookie. Maybe he shouldn't have started. But sometimes I think this offensive staff and coaching staff in general wants to let these guys sit and not take, not become a focal point of the team unless they have to. So you see a clear example of this. We were talking about Devin Singletary earlier. the The Bills don't want to make him the bell cow of the backfield, and I think it's because they really want to just ease these rookies in. But when it's clear that they're the more talented of the people that are sitting behind them or the people that that are playing above them, they need to be given more opportunity, and more chances. Maybe it's not. All of a sudden, one week to the next. Now, now maybe we see Devin Singletary get 20 carries next week. I wouldn't be against that, but maybe you just start moving towards that. Maybe you start moving from three carries. I don't think I can't remember how many carries he had last week—three or four—but you start inching towards five or six next week, eight or ten the week after. And just progressing instead of holding them back. So I agree 100%. Wall of Fame for me as well, Matt Milano, um, Jordan Phillips gets an honorable mention for me. So Wall of Shame for today's lost to the Philadelphia Eagles
2: shame shame shame
1: there's there's so many you telling
2: me to go (laughs) I'll go yeah go ahead man I don't think you'll agree with me um it's got to be Allen It, it it starts and ends with the quarterback in this league awesome to see no picks um, for this game and the last game. But after that Singletary touchdown, the final six possessions of the game where you needed a leader to step up, um, he was three of 13 for nine yards. Again, over six possessions. Wow. And it's just, that's not going to get it done. Um, yeah, wall of shame. You know, Those I... three fumbles, the three fumbles, only lost one, very fortunate, but huge negative plays. They're drive killers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very fortunate. I I would never be upset at you for choosing Josh Allen. By the way, I don't think like I love the guy as as a person, and I really hope he's the guy. But he's not without criticism. None of these guys are without criticism. I, you know, I could care. I think Sean McDermott's a, a great head coach. He's one of the best we've had. Doesn't mean that he didn't get completely out coached today, which he did. Which I want to put on wall of shame for today's game is the entire coaching staff. Offense, defense, special teams—they just all bit it today, and they really let the team down. And scheme-wise, preparation-wise, the Bills should have gone into this game with a different game plan. And even when the game plan had started, they just couldn't stop it once it was in motion for the Philadelphia Eagles on offense. And they couldn't—they couldn't get anything going on offense after that, after that uh, touchdown that you just mentioned, Mike. Those were some great stats. And uh, defensively, they just—they couldn't stop the run. They were just gashed over and over and over again, so that was really rough. Um, so, do you do you think we should go into our uh, John Brown jersey giveaway for the listeners, the people that are listening? So last week we went into <laughs> we went into um, a giveaway where basically I come across I won at an auction a John Brown signed, certified signed jersey. And was like, hey, you know, this is more than just, you know, a couple of bucks that I had to spend on it. And obviously I'm going to ship it to whoever wins. So that's going to cost some money. So, hey, you know, if, if this is going to be a true giveaway of a Bill's jersey and it was like the stitched on numbers and ladders and stuff like that, like, I, you guys are going to have to earn it, right? So I hate being that guy to ask and, you know, ask for a bunch of things. But I'm like, okay, well, you guys have to be following us. You guys have to like Retweet and share our, the post where we show you know the John Brown jersey. You have to um, be listening to the podcast. Obviously, you know the person that wins this jersey has to win the pod or has to uh, message us and has to be listening so that I know you know that they that they heard it and they can give me their address and all that fun stuff. I'm not going to go searching for you. Um, and then also they had to leave us a review through Apple Podcasts. So I'm going to read some of the reviews. Actually, it's it's great. You know, it's also good to to read some of these are good, man. Some of these are good. Just a few of them. I'm not going to do all 40 of them or however many there were because they would just take too long. And some of them were real short. Like it was funny some of the like titles were just like John Brown autographed jersey. <laughs> and it was just like love the pod, keep it going. Like I maybe a listener, maybe not, but but anyway, the the Nick and Nolan podcast has been really great at at, um, gathering reviews for our podcast channel. And now we have seven different shows on the podcast channel. So, um, a lot of different people are getting reviews, but Nick and Nolan have been really great at, um, elevating the podcast in general, because the more reviews you have, the more positive reviews, the more easy it is for people to find you when they're searching Buffalo bills. So if you search Buffalo bills right now in Apple podcasts, we Buffalo rumblings is the first. One to show up now. We have two different feeds for whatever reason. There's Buffalo Rumblings, like, and there's two different separate Buffalo Rumblings podcast feeds. They both have both of the same information. I've talked to SB Nation about it, but whatever. So I have some reviews from both areas, and really appreciate you guys doing that. By the way, um, congrats to Nick from the Nick and Nolan podcast. He and his wife just had a healthy baby boy this past weekend. So congrats to them. And uh, he actually. Messaged me. He's like, dude, how'd you get so many reviews? I'm like, oh, bribery, pretty much bribery. <laughs> but hey, whatever happens. So um, I'm going to read a few of the reviews just because they were really cool. We really appreciate you guys writing in one. This one's from Mark H. This says, love the podcast. You guys really work good together, bouncing ideas and opinions off each other. Just got into sports podcasts, And this is easily one of my favorites so far. Highly would recommend to everyone. Love the information I learn from every podcast from you guys. Keep it going, and as always, go Bills and go Sabers. So I appreciate that one from Mark. This one is from Joey Hanover. It says, "My favorite Bills-related podcast series, bar none." As a lifelong Bills fans from New Jer- Bills fan from New Jer- New Jersey, Western New York, born parents, it's always been hard to find entertainment surrounding the Bills. Plenty of podcasts are entertaining, and plenty are informative. But very few are great at being both. Buffalo Rumblings are one of those few. My personal favorites are Nick and Nolan and Circling the Wagons. All shows are fantastic, though. Lots of insight. It needs to be, and uh, what needs to be done as a team to get to where we want to be in January. So, so I want to thank Joey for writing that. JDK underscore III says this podcast, and and I believe he's specifically talking about us. There he is. This podcast is one of the best Buffalo Bills podcast based podcasts out there, not only. Are they interactive with fans through social media, but they keep it interesting? These guys are the real deal and a must-follow for Bill's fan on every social media platform. So keep it up, my friends. So thank you to JDK for writing that. That was great. Um, by the way, if, if you guys are ever wondering, I'm definitely the one running the social media accounts. So you're always talking to Nate. It's never Mike and John. But I always tell them, so if you guys ever have any feedback or anything you want me to forward to them, I always screenshot things like that if you, if you have any more. This one's... R- this one's by Jack DS1215. Best Bills Podcast. If you're looking for a, a podcast that is informing, funny, and exciting, then you have found the right one. I listen to everyone and cannot get enough. Love the work that everyone puts into our pods. These have made me an even bigger fan than before. Keep up the good work. Sorry for my reading. It's not definitely not uh the people people writing them. So this one's from uh, Bokes26, Commander of the Bills Mafia. Love the show. Every episode has me laughing and hooked as you bring so much to the table each time. Absolutely loved when you wanted input for how to get out of the wedding to be able to go to the Bills game also. um, Also, you read a tweet of mine on the show, and it made my day. Thank you for everything, and above all else, go Bills. So appreciate that from Bokes. And I'm going to read one more. Let me see. One more. It'd be funny as if they gave us two stars and was just like, hey, still want to win the jersey, though. <laughs> okay, so this one is is one of my favorites. It's from Poppy PoppyBlow69, an awesome podcast. I listen to many podcasts, but you fellas keep me coming back week after week. Your insight on the Buffalo Bills and the way you guys bounce ideas off each other is impeccable. I also love how you guys joke around and make the listener laugh. I truly enjoy this podcast. Five stars, and I would have done ten if I could have. Oh, that's very nice of you, okay all right now this is this is the last one I have to do just because it was so specific to our podcast. I know this person listens every week because they were they're referencing things, Mike from like April or May of last year. so this is from r s a t o eight and it says loves love me some circling the wagons." Always enjoy hearing Nate, John, and Mike's take on the bills every week. You can tell they love the bills and really get into the games, however. They also keep it funny and light, too. I started listening to Buffalo Rumblings because of them and have enjoyed the other podcasts, but Circling the Wagons is definitely my favorite. Not only do they give great analysis of the Bills along with stats, but they also have other topics, including interviews with Poncho RIP and interviews with other beat writers from other teams, which was always an interesting take on our opponent opponents. Initially, I thought the off-topic podcast wouldn't be great, but they are actually the most memorable and most times the funniest. The meat packing and working as cater stories were funny as hell. No spoilers. As Mike once said in one of the podcasts, it's just enough dopamine to keep me from killing myself. <laughs> he wrote, nah, just kidding. Uh, but it's really great and enjoyable and always look forward to hearing them every week. Pro tip Tesla actually has their podcasts available in the car, so it's super easy to listen to them. Go Bills. That was from Ryan Sato. That was my favorite one by far. The dude definitely has been listening for a while, because we did. I want to say we did the meat packing story. That was our when the bills were firing their coaches and stuff like that. We were talking about um, times we quit our jobs or got fired, and <laughs> that was one of our favorite. I might throw that one back. I might. I think I'm going to do a best of 2018 or 2019. What what year is it? The best of 2019. Um, funny clips of the podcast, and that's going to make it. I appreciate everyone who did write in. And thank you for everyone that retweeted and shared everything. So there were um, roughly, I think it was 42 people that are in on this. And uh, so I'm going to, I've put all their names into a random list generator, and here is the winner. It is from Susa D A or Susa D A one. So I believe that is uh, one of our Twitter followers. So Susa D A one, please DM me on Twitter or message me or whatever. Form, if you follow us on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, message us there and let us know what your address is and we will send this jersey off to you. So congrats to you for winning. And by the way, this definitely doesn't mean that they won until they message us. So if next week this person hasn't messaged us or let us know that they won because part of the thing was that you have to listen to the podcast. If they don't let us know, then then they don't win. Then they go back into the list. Everyone who left a review goes back into the list. And we pick again next week. So this is a jersey. I'm not just going to give it away and be like, oh, well, I'm going to come find you. No, you have to come find me now, Sousa DA1. You have to come find me. You have to tell me where you live. Say thanks for, you know, letting me know I won. And we'll go from there. So thanks to that. And, yeah, so the Bills, 5-2, and two, going to play against the Washington Redskins in Buffalo for the Bills' third home game in a row. The Washington Redskins are 1-7. Um, really appreciate all of you guys listening today and leaving reviews and all that fun stuff. So um, again, you know, this is... Really appreciate everyone listening. This is this is a great time to talk to you guys. Um, the Bills are 5-2. and two. They're still very much in the playoff hunt. They have the second-best record in the AFC right now. They have the fifth seed if the playoffs were to start today. They have the best wild card spot um, because the Patriots are in their division. So obviously the Patriots would win the, the division. But yeah, so it's still encouraging place to be i know it's a disappointing loss but you know the bills have a chance to be six and two next week so that's always a positive so mike so not, signing not off. not only
2: six and two right after that you have cleveland then denver got it <clears throat> i want to be i'm choking out here i want to be eight and two by thanksgiving <laughs>
1: yeah that's not that's not unreasonable man i i agree 100 percent. so so signing off mike thanks for doing this solo with me
2: Wait, we're done talking. Also, I want to see some moves for the trade deadline. I'm yeah. all in on this year.
1: Hey, hey, let's let's do that real quick because we don't have time to really get into players. But if you had a position to upgrade based on what we talked about, I'm going to give you three different options. I'm okay. going to give you, I'm going to give you pass rusher. I'm going to give you wide receiver. I'm going to give you four. I'm going to give you wide receiver, offensive line.
2: Is offensive coordinator one of them? Because it <laughs> better be.
1: You want to trade for an offensive coordinator? Can we trade for Doug Peterson? Can we, uh, it's so funny. People talk about Brian Dable getting a coaching job at the end of this year. It's like, what the bills offense is not that good.
2: A coaching, like, like what, Uh, a defensive backs coach at a D2 school. No, I'm not. He's, he's not. It was was a rough week.
1: What are those, what are those, uh, those coaches like, you mean a head coaching job? Yeah. A head coaching job. He was, what are those coaches though? When they first start like right out of college where these like special like assistant coaches. Those are like the ones that just review film. What are those? Assistant the, uh, quali- to the assistant. assistant assistant to the quality coaching or quality coordinator or something like that. They basically just like look at tape, right? Like that's their job. Like he, he could, he could easily crush it there. So I don't know, I'm not completely down on Dable, but let's see, man, you gotta, you gotta start game planning around these guys a little bit better. We got to start scoring more than 13 points in a game where the other team scores 31 you know, we only turn the ball over once, so that's not an excuse. So, all right. So, I'm so okay. Okay. Let's go back. Pass rusher, offensive line, wide receiver, or defensive tackle. Which one are you picking?
2: Can my defensive tackle also be a pass rusher?
1: <laughs> no, defensive end or defensive tackle? Pass rushing, defensive end.
2: I don't know. Let me think about who you want. Okay.
1: I, so if I, without, you know, obviously it's going to be the type of compensation that doesn't kill the Bills or whatever. So, um, I want to say I want wide receiver. So there's a few wide receivers that are out there from the 2021 free agent class. But like, like for example, like Kenny Galladay is out there. I know the Lions will definitely Ooh. Kenny. Gets, yeah. Well, if you play a little okay. bit fantasy, you'd know Kenny Galladay is the best wide receiver for the Lions right now. He's like six foot four, six foot five. He's a tall dude. I want the Bills to get another like huge wide receiver on the other side of John Brown, because so John Brown's our speed guy. He's like six foot. We need like a six foot four, always open when he's not open, like a Mike Evans type wide receiver. If they could find a guy like that, that's that's my go-to. I think that automatically elevates the offense and makes the team better offensively. Um I think second on my list might be pass rusher or maybe offensive lineman. If you can give me maybe okay, scratch that pass rusher. Scratch pass rusher. Offensive lineman, either a dominating guard or tackle or something like that to really protect Josh Allen um, on passing downs, a really good pass, pass blocking, um, guard or tackle. What about you?
2: Yeah, that all sounds good. Both. I'm, I'm all in on this year, right? This is the year that the stars, like we've, we've heard, we've heard, oh, they need one more year for the plan to develop. Sick of hearing that. Like this is the year with the schedule. I think the schedule is under under underappreciated. Who, who we are playing this year, right? Again, we talked about the teams coming up, Washington, Cleveland, Denver, should be eight and two by Thanksgiving. Next year, it's a murderer's row. It's horrific. You've got, you're playing Kansas City, playing uh, the Los Angeles Rams, the Seattle Seahawks, the 49ers. Like it gets immeasurably harder next year.
1: This is the season. We need Brandon Bean to make a move as, as, if, as if this is a chance for the Bills to win a Super Bowl with the right piece in place or to get there at least. Right? You can't you can't treat next year. Well, next year we'll get you know, we'll we'll just treat this as another building year like no, this is the year. Like you may not have a better shot, especially with the way the AFC is panning out. Mahomes might not be back this week or or, or next week. Um we'll see, but the AFC is wide open. Andrew Luck retired, Big Ben'll be back next season. He wasn't here this entire season, so maybe the Browns will finally figure out that right that ship and actually be a decent team, you know, you never know. So Now's the time. Let's go. Let's go. So, signing off on that note, for Mike, go Bills. See you next week. For me, Nate, go Bills. Congrats to Seuss DA1. Message me back for the John Brown jersey. Thanks again for everyone for listening. And we'll talk to you guys after the Redskins. Game.